This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's time for a one of a kind poker party. Poker Night in America is streaming live from Studio 52 in Las Vegas. Join us nightly at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as some of the biggest names in poker play in the ultimate house game. Watch on the Poker Night in America channel on YouTube and Twitch or go to pokernight.com. Poker Night in America is back and ready to party. The World Cup Finals is one of the biggest betting events on the calendar and Bet Rivers have got you covered when it comes to all of the action, all of the markets across the tournament. One of the most popular markets, if not the most popular market, is of course the outright, the futures when it comes to the World Cup Finals. And I'm pleased to say that alongside myself, Dan Robert, we've got Nigel Seeley, top handicapper, of course, when it comes to Bet Rivers. We've also got Steve Wiss in the studio, who covers a number of our European leagues. And likewise, Daniele Fisichella is here to give us his best bets when it comes to the outright market. Um, really fascinating finals, Nigel, because it is something very, very different. Normally, it's in the summer. This is the first ever Winter World Cup. What sort of difference is that going to make when you're looking for an outright selection in the World Cup finals in Canada? Well, firstly, um, it's going to be, for me, it's going to be the best World Cup we've ever had. I've mentioned it on other shows and every time. I should work for the Qatar Tourist Board, the amount of uh, work I'm doing to promote the, to, the Qatar Summerby's World. I think got that. Oh, he's uh, got well, that. He's got, I think he's some of his assistant on the Qatar World. But I've said it before, I think this, everyone's going to come in at peak fitness. And the top of their form, if you ask any professional sports player, a third of the season gone, you know they're going to be at their best. We've seen World Cups, so many World Cups over the years where we've come to the World Cup and players have been exhausted. And I feel now this is going to be the real, real deal. And I feel it's going to be a very, very wide open World Cup, as we can see from the betting. And I think you could make a case for maybe the top 10, top 12 in the World Cup, which is very unlike World Cups in the past. The other thing I want to say about this World Cup, we're an American betting show, working for Americans. This is the first time that gambling in a lot of states in America has been illegal. So the soccer handle here will be the biggest soccer handle we've ever seen on any soccer event in the American market. And it will only get bigger over the next few years. And then the World Cup after, which is going to be in the States, Mexico and Canada, will break all records. So it's a really exciting World Cup for sports betters in America. The timings, they go through the night. They're going to watch some great games. Uh, both America and Canada are going to be there. And uh, I was speaking to the guys at Bet Rivers yesterday. It's no surprise. Many years we've had. I was, I've been a bookmaker in England for many, many years before I, I started doing this kind of stuff. Every World Cup, England were the worst result. Every World Cup in Italy, the Italians were the worst result. Every revolt in Spain, the Spanish were the worst result. They said to me, America are the worst result in our really? sports. Yeah, it's the worst result. <laughs> so it just shows you that there is some patriotic support in America as much as there is in every country in the world. So from, from a football perspective, this is going to be an incredibly exciting World Cup. The build-up has been a bit slow. Okay. I mean, I'll keep going, but I think next week when this kicks off, it's going to be incredible. But from a betting perspective, 
you know, this is going to be break records on turnover in American markets. Steve, do we, do we factor in the conditions here? Obviously, it should have been a Summer World Cup. It's been switched to a Winter World Cup. Are conditions going to be a thing, or is it just going to play out like a normal Summer World Cup would do in the Northern Hemisphere? You know, first thing I want to say, I'm excited because it's something different. Now, we're not used to having a World Cup this time of year, and it's going to be great to see what players can do, sort of perhaps in the peak of their seasons. Nigel's completely right towards the end of you know the campaign. Several players in the past have just not performed as, as we know they can, and it's because they've had a long, drawn-out season, sometimes mentally and also physically. So I'm really excited from that. We do have to look at the conditions. It's going to be very hot, and I've mentioned this on, on some of the other shows as well. It's uh, it, Some of these matches are kicking off at 1 o'clock. So let's just temper our expectations for those games. The players are in... It's going to be, there's going to be loads of water breaks and things like that. Some of those games might be slow burners, but the evening kickoffs is going to be a bit different. So, as always with any sort of betting, you've got to factor in loads and loads of different conditions. But I'm excited. I love tournament football. This is this comes around once every four years. If you can't get excited about this, you're not a football man. When we're picking out right winners, uh, Daniele, when the host nation is in Europe, we look for a European side. When it's outside of Europe, we look for usually a South American side. Is it going to be the same this time around? Is is it going to be that straightforward, should we look for an Argentina or a Brazil, or can you see a European nation coming up? The odds suggested that Brazil and Argentina, who had extremely good qualifying campaigns, are the favourites. But the last time around, the World Cup was outside of Europe in Brazil. Germany won, of course. Argentina uh, reached the final. So, I mean, you can read that how you want it. I think uh, um, this, uh, the lead-up to the World Cup has given us an Argentina side that is 35 matches unbeaten, so they're going to probably break the record of Italy, who's 37, and they're going to do it during the World Cup. So how good is it going to be during, of course, the uh, group stages? And the Brazil side has done so well in the qualifiers, but Argentina has done even better because they beat them in the uh, South America, in the Copa America uh, final. Of course, most of those... Those two teams, the players, they play in Europe anyway, so we know them inside out. There are really uh, no surprises there. I think uh, maybe to slightly contradict what Steve has said before, this is a World Cup where national teams haven't had a lot of time to prepare. Uh, the Premier League, the Serie A, the Bundesliga finished this weekend, the weekend just before the World Cup, and then they've only got the one week to get all together, so there are no those friendly. So. I don't think the managers and the team are going to prepare anything special or anything too intricate. Probably could go down to who's got the best players wins. And if you look, obviously, at the teams who got the best players in all the positions, maybe the European sides have it. I love the fact that um, Daniele gets the fact that Italy have got a winning record that may well be beaten. Because, <laughs> I had to put it in. I had to put it in. We had to sort of shoehorn shoe something. Got it's about the Italy. only mention of Italy we're going to have on this show, uh, that's for sure. Uh, listen, uh, Brazil are FIFA ranked number one. This is how the market looks at the moment. Obviously, fluctuating prices, it could be different by the time that the tournament kicks off. But Brazil are our favourites here, plus 400. Argentina, uh, plus 550. As you can see, France, plus 775. They are the defending champions. Uh, Spain plus 900, England plus 950, Germany plus 1150, the Dutch plus 1300 uh, and uh, bigger prices the remainder as you can see on screen. Check out Bet Rivers, always up to date with the latest prices on the outright odds. Uh, Nigel, you, you speak to 
teenagers now, and when you talk about World Cup finals, you say, well, yeah, Brazil are the favourites. And they say, well, I've never seen Brazil win a World Cup. They haven't won it since 2002. Why are they favourites this time around? Well, because they're Brazil. Uh, they're the side, you know, they're but we're of a generation, aren't name, we? You know, and they don't win it. They, they know, don't their win their goes before them. You know, every, if you ask, if you've done a straw poll out in the street out here in London, asked hundred people who's going to win the World Cup without knowing football, eighty of them was presented from somewhere and say Brazil because there's that historic football club, a football nation. They've never missed the World Cup tournament. Obviously, they've got the best record in it in terms of wins. Uh, this is a very good team. They've got, they've got an attacking fair. They've got a, usually Brazilian sides in the years gone by have you always been looking at the goalkeeper in defence and thought, oh, you can get at this side. This is a very strong defence and the ex, probably one of the best goalkeepers in the tournament. So collectively, they've got a, a, probably the best squad or the equally best squad of the other to contend as well. They've got competition in every single place. You know, they're, they're reliant on, is not heavily on, on one particular player. Uh, and now the other thing that really is, for me, They've got a pretty easy run. The group is, is winnable, a very easy. Would have been very surprised if they don't win. Their match in the last 16 will probably be an easier tie. So they are obviously up there. But it's one team that's stopped them in, in the run through to this competition. If you look at their record in recent years, and the only team that's really beat them or, or given problems is Argentina, uh, which we'll come on to a little bit more. But um, I think Brazil are always a bad side for handle. You know, if you look at it, if you're looking at, you know, we, we joke there that the Americans mean the the worst result in the book for the, the American sports for Bet Rivers. Plus 15,000, incident if you want to back USA. Yeah, anyway. Well, if you can, I'll give you my WhatsApp <laughs> or, uh, or telephone number at the end of the show. But I think, I think Brazil will be always there as a loser, a big loser in the book. So they're always artificially low in the betting because they're Brazil. So they know people are going to bet them. Really, what I, I, don't, I genuinely don't think Brazil should be favourites for this competition, which I'll come on to again. And I don't think as the tournament goes on, I think they'll be overtaken as favourites. But at the moment, I think it's history. The squad is exceptionally good, exceptionally talented, full of quality players in every position, replacements for everybody. The draw favourable for them. But most importantly, these odds are also reflected on what you see from the betting public. You know, these odds just aren't made up. There's a book. There's a reason why they're favourites. And I think Brazil will be a bad result for Bet Rivers in the book as we stand. Daniele, everything factored into the price at the moment when it comes to a Brazil. I just think that there's always so much pressure on Brazil, on the coach, from the nation, from the public, that that's potentially one of the reasons that they haven't won it in the last 20 years. There's always the question whether they could implode under pressure as they did four years ago. But you're right, the team is extremely talented and they're always going to be favourite because they are Brazil. So I completely agree with Nigel from a batting perspective. From a footballing perspective, we haven't seen them playing against any European nation in the last four years. They've only played South American oppositions, so this could be a test. And historically, a good Brazil side that wins the World Cup is the Brazil that has got balance in midfield, that's got stronger holding midfielders. If you look at the likes of, you know, in 2002, they got Gilberto Silva and Cleberson, for example. Not the most spectacular players, but the stabilizers. This Brazil, Fred, Casemiro, rely on Paqueta, maybe not a great season at West Ham. Of course, they got the nine strikers, the nine forwards with big issues with Neymar, etc. But you need to be solid at the back. And he's right, Nigel, they have got a very good defence. Can they control the games as much as they've done in the, European quali in the South American qualifiers? Well, we shall see. They are not my pick, by the way. I think they will be good to watch, a lot of goals. They are on the same side as Argentina, though, which have beat them. Previously, so they're not my my pick, but yeah, we we, we will enjoy them for sure. Uh, two passes then when it comes to Brazil at plus four hundred. Just before I ask Steve his thoughts on Brazil, what price would you back Brazil at? If I offered you 
Plus 500. Where, where am I going? No, here? I plus 600. I still want to bet. 600. Look, there's always a price. I wouldn't bet him. About 600, I'll bet him. Yeah. About 550, 600. I wouldn't bet him at five, no. I wouldn't bet him. And I, and I, I think they'll be drifters. The one thing about the Brazilian sides, and, and, and Steve's touching it on, on, the, on one of the previous shows, is they always start fast. And if they start fast and win three, four, five. You don't get a chance to back them at a bigger price no, then. But they're going to go down, but then they're not. Then, but I wouldn't trust them in the knockout stages. Of course, for the reasons you said about the pressure. And then belief around Rio and Brasilia and everywhere in South America is, oh, Brazil are going to win the World Cup again. And then that's when they let you down. I would be fading Brazil in the latter stages. I think they'll cruise through the group. But when it gets to the quarterfinals and the top European nations and other big nations there, then I, I, that's where I think they're going to be vulnerable. Steve, are we opposing them as well? I agree with most of what the boys have said here, but I actually think they're a fair favourite. I think it's, it's fair that we they can are, do business, right? Steve. We can do business. <laughs> no, I do. I think the squad is exceptional, really, if we look at it. The one area that is a little bit concerning is, you know, I sometimes ask myself this question, can I imagine Brazil winning a World Cup with Fred in midfield starting regularly? Not so sure. That's probably the one spot I'm thinking. But, I mean, goalkeeper, they're absolutely loaded. We know in the attacking departments that they're sensational. And they've got a very good draw. And, and I don't care what people say. Some, you know, There's a lot of opinions that say... Uh, Oh, you've got to beat the best to win it. And of course you do. But at the same time, you want a nice draw and they've got a really nice draw. Long term, I believe the semi-final is going to be Argentina against Brazil. Can, can, I just had to choice there. I didn't mean to tell you that. But the one thing I will say, everyone's got a favourable draw, haven't they, to get to the knockout stage? A little I mean, bit. Yeah, I don't think, you know, the, the last eight in the it World never, Cup... I, the draw never worries me, I must say. But how many times does the draw go out the window and things never planned? Of course it but the last eight, the last eight stage... Yeah. We, they can have all these sides effectively have got a good run to the last the last date. Once you get to the last date, you're going to run into the best. And I, I look at the draw, but I think that takes a really really small part in the, in in the, in the betting on it. But it's true. But if you if you're in a group, you need to struggle until the very last match to qualify, and you cannot rest players. I think that could account yeah. towards the end of the tournament. So having a good draw and racking up those six points in the first two games, which Brazil can easily do, could help them on the way to the last 16 because obviously a lot of games they're not they're not my pick either by the way i i, I this is where i do really strongly agree with 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 danielle and nigel come the crunch in a say a big semi-final and a big knockout match do i trust them no and that's because they haven't won that world cup since 2002 the pressure's on them and i think something will i, I just feel like there's two or three sides better than them but you know you can't knock that quality on paper several factors i actually think they're a fair favorite well, the plus 400, if you want to back them, that's their price at the moment. As Nigel points out, I think it's a good point. I don't think they're going to get any bigger. They're not going to lose or draw their first game and drift out, but everyone's got their opinion about it. That's Brazil. We park in Brazil. It's not one of our selections, not any of the boys' selections here. Argentina, given what we've just heard over the last four or five minutes, I suspect that, um, that potentially we might have a potential winner here. They are, as we know, plus 550 to win. They're plus 250 for a top two finish, as it's called on the Bet Rivers uh, website, plus 185, top three. That means they have to win that third place group if they get knocked out, the third place uh, playoff game if they get knocked out of the semi-finals, which is an awful game to bet in, if you ask me. And plus 110 for top four. Nigel, your thoughts on Argentina here, because I know that you sweet on them already. Why are they good value, uh, plus 5.50 to win the World Cup. Well, I'm not one to be flash or bold in my statements, but Argentina win the World Cup. <laughs> uh, I think that uh, this is their year. I think this is Messi's year. I feel that the pressure on 
I mean, I'm a, I'm team Messi against team Ronaldo. I'm a, I've always been Messi. I think the guy's absolutely unbelievable. So I've seen him live twice, and he's had the worst game you could ever. Play. I saw him play against. Uh, in, I can't remember the team that was over in Spain, and Neymar gets sent off uh, for Barcelona. Messi had an absolute nightmare. Alves, of course, absolute nightmare. But uh, I, I think um, this is their year. I think they've got a great goalkeeper. Fantastic defence. Romero from uh, Tottenham is obviously be solid for them. The midfield is, is full of talent. Uh, they've got a goal scorer. And I think they look the best, best team in the competition. You can't look at that record of, what, 35 games unbeaten. How can a team go into the World Cup, 35 games unbeaten, not be favourites? Because they only played two European oppositions in those 35 games, which one was against Italy again, we should have mentioned that. That was we a big mentions. win, That is a good form line, isn't it? That's, that's a, 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 you know, a game that both really wanted to win. Or are you telling really, me that Italy didn't? Not really. <laughs> that, was the last, that was like the last game for Chiellini and all the, the heroes of the years. But anyway, they only, pl- the main, they only yeah. played two European oppositions in those 35 games. But... Nothing to say, nothing to take away from Scaloni. He's done a great job. Got there under the radar, you know, the new manager, and now grew this belief. If you look at the starting eleven, I don't think it's the best Argentina we've seen in the last twenty years by any stretch of imagination. But they are a group, yeah. very cohesive, and they got a strong belief, a strong mentality, and maybe having won the Copa America get them a little bit more relaxed to the later stage of this World Cup. There is not so much pressure as four years ago. Um, I think it's an unknown quantity because we haven't seen them really performing against uh, European sides. But they got a good draw as well. You know, I think they're going to win the group easily, uh, progress. They are on the same side, of course, of Brazil, maybe facing the Netherlands in the quarterfinals. And yes, players in form. Players in form. Messi, Di Maria, Martinez, of course, this, this ought to be a count. The, reason, uh, the other reason I'll kind of argue the point here that Danieli made. The other reason why I think they, they should be closer. But, you know, Daniel is absolutely right. They haven't played any European opposition in that run, but they played Brazil three times and haven't lost against Brazil. So they played the tournament favourites three times, haven't What's lost. What's the better form line? Definitely, definitely. They're much, they're much better. Um, so there's another reason why I think that this is quite interesting as well, because the reason why they're the second favourites, I think they'll go into the World Cup with the team with the most handle. I think if when, when the build-up comes and other people do their tipping pieces, other publications give their pick, I think Argentina will be a very, very popular pitch. And I think public money will come for Argentina and they'll vie for favouritism with Brazil. I think Brazil might get bigger. I think they want to attract money into Brazil. I think Argentina will get shorter. The reason why I think that Argentina as well with the price they are is because there is a potential that they could play France in the round of 16. Now, if, for example, I know Steve's got an opinion on that group, but if France win that group, and Argentina play Denmark, Argentina will go favourites to win the World Cup. If Argentina, if that doesn't, doesn't work out that way, then Argentina will get, will, that's a real, that would be the biggest game of the last 16, and then Argentina got big problems. So for Argentina betters, we need France to win that group. That's what we need. But I feel that Argentina are the best bet here. I think they're the best squad in it. I think they've got the world's best player who's coming into peak form. They've got a goal scorer who I like. They've got a goalkeeper who I like. And they've played the, Tournament favourites three times and haven't lost to them. You're going to have to uh, wriggle out of this one, Steve, because you're an Argentina backer and you're a Denmark group backer. How does that square? <laughs> it's the one. Yeah, I, my pick is my main pick uh, is Argentina to win the World Cup as well. And I agree with Danielli that this is probably not the most talented squad 
of Argentina man for man in, say, the last decade, but together as a group. And they're really well coached. And Messi, let's face it, all the great players find a way to win that World Cup. And this is really, it's probably his last chance, potentially. Um, and he's right up for it. He's in great form. He's inspiring the group. And there's no doubt he's going to get, um, have a massive uh, influence on this uh, Argentina team. And they're the sort of squad, I think, I think they're going to get better as the tournament goes on. They could be a little bit of a slow burner early doors. But you know, the further they go deep into the tournament, they could get better. And big players, you know, big moments. I could just see Messi having two or three really important goals or a crucial assist here and there. The one thing I don't like about it is the draw because they're going to be playing France or Denmark in the last 16. There's no other way around it. I, I, you know, if you follow, watch the Group D show, uh, it's one of them two coming out of that group. So that is a tough match, whoever it is. In the last World Cup, it was Argentina-France, of course, one of the crackers. It was 4-2 in France's favour. Maybe Argentina can do the reverse on them this time if that happened. And um, I think they've got the quality to beat either team. It will be, won't be easy. Sometimes you just got to to beat a good team, though, haven't you, to, to win this tournament? So inevitably. And but after that, though, you know that if you won that game, the confidence you're going to get the, the quarterfinal match would be would probably be easier. But the confidence that you would get from beating a side like France or even Denmark, I think it can pro propel them all the way to the distance. I think they've got a really good team, defensively sound. They've got great balance in midfield and attack, and um, at the prices. I'm happy to to back Argentina. I think I, I do think Brazil maybe have got man for man a slightly better squad, but as a better group and the better team overall, Argentina win it. Two ticks in the Argentina box, and Steve and Nigel um, hammering their colours uh, to the Argentine mass. Nice and early second favourites, of course, uh, for the outrights for the futures when it comes to the World Cup. We'll get Steve's thoughts on France next because uh, Steve is our regular uh, Liga. Handicapper France are plus seven seven five to win the World Cup. We've got this stat that suggests that you don't go back to back in the modern era when it comes to World Cups. Uh, Steve, you're not a France backer this time around, are you, or are you? No, I'm not. And I would encourage uh, viewers and listeners to to check out the Group D preview show with myself and James Easton. We've got some great stuff on France in that show, and we do highlight some of their strengths, but also some of their weaknesses. Um, briefly, I say I don't like the goalkeeper position. And we know they've got a couple of injuries coming into the tournament, which are a hindrance, like Kante, for example. And sometimes when you climb that mountain, the only way is down, isn't it, really? And they, they've won that World Cup. And, you know, perhaps maybe the, the motivation intent isn't quite as high. Of course, they want to win it. But I just feel like they're lacking a couple of pieces. And, that, you know, again, we come back to the negative. A big negative is that potential to face Argentina in the last 16. And it's not easy for them. So I think this French team, um, you cannot un underestimate them. They've got a lot of talent in there. But there are some weak spots and some question mark areas, which um, for the price at plus 775 right now, I think probably something close to plus 900 would be fairer. Daniel, can you make a case for France or not? Definitely a strong squad, but I don't see them winning the World Cup again. The weaknesses, the absentees, Kante, Pogba, Lucas Hernandez coming with an injury, probably the goalkeepers. I think if Magnan would have been fit, it would have been a good shouting goal. Yeah. Maybe it's going to be, again, Loris, of course, the captain, 35. 
Bappé, of course, uh, best player in Europe, alongside De Bruyne, I put them in the same bracket, but is the support that the France uh, midfield and the creative players can give it to him. I think the best chance for France to be uh, scoring goals and get the most out of Mbappé is playing alongside Giroud rather than Benzema, but I think Benzema is going to force his uh, presence in the squad once again, now that he's back in favour with uh, Deschamps. But, you know, he's a midfield of Chouameni and Kamavinga, Two very exciting young players, big boots to fill the one of Pogba and Kante. They'll do well. I'm not sure in the group they're going to finish top than the potential match with, uh, with, uh, with Argentina in the last 16. Nations League winners, but then in the most recent qualifying for the finals, they really struggled, didn't they, in the Nations League? I tend to think that if you haven't got Kante and Pogba in that midfield and they were such big parts of the, of the last World Cup win, Nigel, that, that I'm not going to suggest that they're going to struggle, but they're certainly not as strong as they were four years ago. Well, my mind is on the Euro 2020. I mean, I bet them heavily. Everyone in the world wanted to be on France. They were like the most popular pick of something for about plus three dollars. And then they imploded in that game yeah. at Wembley against Switzerland. I mean, that, yeah, on that, pens. that, that, that was just, it just uncharacteristic of them. Um, I think the players are losing the big players. I mean, you don't, you don't mind losing two or three players going to the World Cup, but we know how important the midfield is, and Kante is the engine in room in that midfield. Pogba, however much he doesn't do it in, in, in the Manchester United show, and the jury's still out, Juventus really, when he plays for the French team, he's a different player. So I think they're two big, big, big players. The draw factor as well against Argentina, and then throw in the Mbappe thing. I mean, he, he hasn't got many friends in the dressing room at uh, Paris Saint-Germain. And suddenly you've got to bring him to France and, uh, you know, he's going to play for, the, for his nation. You've seen it in, like, I, I sort of compare it to the American viewers who are watching, so we talk about the American Ryder Cup team, you know, back in the day. They're, they're all brilliant individuals. But when they got together as a team, the collective, the dressing room wasn't that great. And I, I think Mbappe could be a, dis, a divisive character in that, in that dressing room. On the pitch, he's fantastic. But uh, they, they could be, you know, a match away from a complete meltdown in that, in that dressing room. So uh, for me, that's plus 775, a big fade, the French. Yeah, I, I think Spain are a bit of a fade as well, Nigel. I don't know, Youth. I think that, uh, you know, they're not the team from, you know, 10, 12, 14 years ago that won European Championship and then World Cup. This is a team that hasn't really got the quality. They struggle, I think, up front a little bit. What about Spain for you? As we see in the prices there, plus 900. Yeah, I mean, they were the side that uh, I actually took out from the Euros. I thought to myself, you know, they could be the team that could emerge from the European Champions. I thought they were really unlucky. Unlucky in the semis, right? They played yeah. really well in that semi-final. And I thought to myself, if they, had, if they found a striker from now to the World Cup, that they could, they could do it. Navas is obviously the, the guy they put their hopes in. But is he good enough? When we talk about big, big players like Neymar, you know, Messi, and Mbappe, you know, even Harry Kane is prolific. Is Navas the, the, the answer? The, 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 the Spanish have always played without a striker and, you know, the, the way they play, interact. But I, I think, yes, I think at $9, at $9, I would be looking elsewhere. I know they're going to be popular and I know they'll be popular, but you've only got to look at the decline in Spanish football, really. I know Real Madrid won the Champions League last year, but how they won the Champions League, well, I'm still questioning that now. But the Barcelona this year, uh, falling backwards, uh, Real Madrid, uh, they've gone definitely backwards from last year. So I think, and you look at Atletico Madrid, you look at all the Spanish teams, what they're doing in European football, not doing very well. Uh, it, it's the peak of Spanish football gone, I think it probably has. Daniele, Spain? Strong tactical identity with Luis Enrique, clear ideas, possession football, uh, playing in the opposition half. Sometimes Spain, they could be the best team between the two boxes. Whatever happens in, the, in their defence, in the opposition box, is a bit questionable because they do leave gaps at the back. 
they got problem scoring for the mat- the amount of possession or the amount of the ball they keep, especially in the li- in the recent Nations League, which they won the group in the last minute. Of course, they don't score enough goals. Morata, of course, up front. He's a mercurial striker. If he hits form, he can bang a couple of goals in sequence. So that could be for a, good for a tournament, but this year has been a little bit hit and miss. And they got good players, of course, in midfield. Gavi, Pedri, then you got Dani Olmo, uh, which was really good at the, at the Euros. They will be entertaining. They will be a team good to watch. They could be a potential dark horse because I think they know the system they're playing. Still, I'm not going to back them at plus 900, but um, if things click for Luis Enrique, I think we'll be in for a good uh, for a good time with them. Plus 900 to win the World Cup, as we know, plus 400 to make the final, plus 185 top three, plus 110 top four. Steve, can we squeeze any value out of following Spain into the uh, deeper regions of the World Cup finals? Not really for me, Dan. I'm going to use uh, golfing terminology here. Tee to green, I think they're absolutely excellent. But you put them on the putting surface and they just can't get the ball in the hole or the ball in the back of the net, as you might say here. I can almost envisage how they get knocked out. And the sort of team, when they get knocked out, everyone's going to say, how did they lose that game? And it'll be something, they'll probably dominate or look really good, maybe get knocked out on penalties or something. They're the sort of team that, that whenever I see them play, they play nice football and you think, yes, there's something going here but they just don't score enough goals. They're lacking at the moment that top quality centre forward. And for me, that is the hindrance for Spain. And they suffer a lot against teams that play a low block. Mm. If you remember in the Euros against Slovakia, against Poland, they struggled. 2018, that game against Russia, they could still be playing now. They would not have scored. <laughs> it's just, there is something yeah. within Spanish football, the way they, try, they overplay sometimes. So I perfect goal. They try and score the perfect goal perfect. too much, don't they? Yeah. yeah all the possession... Uh, no penetration. Speaking of which, um, when we look at the top of the market, um, and I know that we've done quite a few shows that suggest that England won't go far in the tournament, but they're always talked about about tournament winners. And obviously made the semi-finals, of course, uh, last time out and made the finals of the European Championships. Um, you tend to think that England, the, the prices, everything is factored in and then the layers, you know, chop a bit off and they're still going to take some money. Plus 950 to win the World Cup. I, I, I actually don't think this time around, not going in off the back of a hard season when your Harry Canes and your Phil Phones have all played 45, 50, 60 games, I think they've got a better chance than if it was being held in the summer. Nigel, are we an England backer at 950? I remember about two months ago, me and you going out for yeah. a very heavy lunch. <laughs> we sat around in the bar and we spoke about the chances of, of England and I dismissed them and you were very optimistic. I was, and I still am. Are you? Is yeah, that because I you're an Englishman am. or because I, you actually... I still am. I just think, look, I, it's a different World Cup. I, Gareth Southgate gets an awful lot of grief, but if there's one thing that he's proved, he's a tournament manager. Is he not a tournament coach? If you get a, a team to a semi-final and a final, does that not count? Because we all get a little bit wet. It's well, Southgate and he doesn't play the type of football that we want him to play. I think we were very fortunate in the last two tournaments. I think in the World Cup in, in, in Russia, the draw just opened up for us. And we, you couldn't fail to get to the, to the semi-finals of that tournament. And, you know, it was a World Cup that was our moment because all the big nations had dropped away and had terrible tournaments. And I felt that was a massive opportunity missed. Uh, he didn't learn from that in the Euro final against Italy, exactly the same. And English football, national, international football over the years has always been, if we 
in going front, we try to sit back and become Italian or we become Spanish. We don't play that game. We have to be like the Premier League. We have to be off the base. Go for the second. Go for the third. The only time England played really well in the European Championships was when we won the all behind against Denmark and when we went nothing to play for and when we just played Ukraine who didn't turn up in Rome. We have to have that mentality. And you know what's going to happen here. You know in a, in a World Cup uh, knockout stage, Southgate's going to play a very, very defensive lineup. He's going to probably play, try to play two holding fielders in Benningham and, and Rice, and he won't change that. And I worry about that because I feel that, for me, I and mean, we talk about some great players on this show and talking about them, I think Phil Foden has the potential to be a, a superstar at this tournament. I mean, for what he's doing on the biggest stage for Manchester City, Manchester City the biggest club in European football at the moment, favourites to win the Champions League, he's scoring hat-tricks against Manchester United. Now, he, he won't probably get in the team. Now, we need to build our side. We've never been a nation that ever builds our teams around our best players. Paul Scholes years ago. Phil Foden, we sort of pick the players that we like. There's a negativity around Southgate, uh, and I don't think that will change. And that will be our problem in the knockout stages. And when it comes down to a tactical battle against the best coaches in the world, he isn't up to the challenge. I always say about Gareth Southgate, if he left the England manager's job, where's he going to go? Where would he be? He'd be manager of Middlesbrough. Where's I he think he's already done that. Yeah, but he'd go back. <laughs> he's not gonna go. None, none, of the teams in, none of the teams in the top 10 will take Gareth Southgate. None of the team, it'd be taken over a Burnley or something like that. I mean, it, that's the level of, it's true. But he's the negative. He's the, he might be harsh, but where's he going to go, Daniel? He's not going to go Tottenham. He's not going to go West Ham. I think you'd be surprised. But, oh, okay. But, yeah. but he's at a PR job. He's absolutely brilliant with the players. He's built a community and a spirit. But when it comes to football management and tactical, he's out of his depth. I'm going to play a devil's advocate here because he's be, he was a penalty kick away from winning a European championship at home. You can say it now, Italy. Of I can say it. <laughs> and then we mentioned three times already. I'm going to be blessed. Remember where England was after Sam Allardyce and where he picked them up. How we cleared up the air. How we brought new players. How we built a new group and a new belief. Anyone would have done that, Daniel, to be fair. The England players. The, the, the crop of players were there for, year, for being there for years. It wasn't easy to get rid look of Rooney. Look then. at the money in the Premier League. The players coming through. England should have been much bigger in a world stage. I've spent thousands of pounds following England, right? This is anger. This is not, this is not, this is not like, you know. But the, the, he, he, I, okay, I admit that. that we kind of, But the, we could go one nil up at home. In front of 60,000, you go for a second goal. Yeah. Go for the second goal to win the game. Italy were there for the taking. They could have gone two or three and up. And that's his problem. You look at England matches over the years in World Cups. Every time England have gone in front, they've always sat back and defended. Every time England have gone behind, they've come out and played. And, they've and that goes back from in the 80s and the early 90s. We are a nation that needs to play on the front foot. As soon as we change our system, we get beat and we get found out against the biggest nation. Because you mentioned the final of 2021, I think the key here to analyse whether England can win this World Cup or not is how much they have improved from that night and that second half humbling against Italy. Results say they haven't improved much because they got relegated from the Nations League. The way they play, the style of play, I don't think it's improved much. There is a lot of expectation for players like Bellingham to perform or sometimes even overperform and give that creativity but still stability. There are a lot of players missing in the England side. I think uh, uh, the fact that he misses Rhys James and Chilwell is a massive miss for Southgate. Is he going to play a back three? Probably the best system for England, but you cannot expect a very spectacular team with that way. One thing is, Dan, 
I won't be betting on plus okay. nine. <laughs> Listen, just very quickly, and, and Steve, you've not really had your shouting, but, but we're going to move on to a team that, that, that um, two of our guests, two of our tips have got. But just very quickly, stage of elimination. It's a market on Bet Rivers. Stage of elimination for England, Steve. Quarter final for me, but can I just give you an interesting story? <laughs> Go on. En route to the studio here this morning, the day of all days, I was in the local supermarket, yeah. and what came on the radio? Atomic Kitten, Hole Again. And it reminded me of the song, The Gauf, uh, Southgate is the One. Don't, don't, don't say it. <laughs> don't say it. <laughs> now, you, now, you American um, viewers and listeners won't think of that, but it, I was like, is that an omen? No. <laughs> I don't want to be positive here no, for England. No. I'm not high on England, but there are some positives. What a final exit. I want it to be because I've got my return flight after the quarterfinals. So <laughs> anyway, I hope so. We said it in the show before, the best okay. bet yet for All right, listen, um, let's move on to Portugal here because Portugal is a nation that an awful lot of handicappers, tipsters, bettors really want to get with. And I can understand why, because they look like a value pick to me. They are plus 1,500 as we speak at the moment. And a couple of our tipsters have gone for Portugal. Daniele, I'll let you go first here because this is your main pick for the World Cup 2022. I pick Portugal because looking, for example, at all the absentees, these are one of the teams that has got basically their full squad, only Diogo Jota from Liverpool missing. Apart from that, is a full squad. So actually a few selection problems for uh, Santos, the manager who resolved them yesterday, announced a very strong squad. And if you look at the formation, solid back line with Ruben Diaz, with Pepe, Cancelo, Guerrero, just to mention the starter, Defenses win your tournament, not attacks, I still believe. Great midfield, balance, creativity, flares, uh, Silva, of course. And then up front, you know, you got you go choice there. Best Italian player of the Italian league, Leao, Ronaldo. I mean, still, we don't have to talk too much about him. And then you got Joe Felix. He might be his tournament again to flourish. And then options coming from the bench. I think with Portugal, it is an outside bet uh, because uh, they are not maybe fashionable anymore. Uh, maybe the way they play is very solid, very um, composed. But I think this is a kind of, uh, 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 is a kind of style of play that maybe in this tournament, which hasn't had a, a lot of preparation, a lot of lead up, a team that is very well drilled like Portugal could go really, really far. Of course, the last few tournaments have been disappointing, but you know, 2016 against all the odds. They won the Euro. Of course, it's the same coach as well, isn't it? Um, although Ronaldo was basically coaching the team from the sidelines in the final. Um, I really like Portugal. My only question mark is Ronaldo has, has destroyed Manchester United. Is he going to destroy Portugal if we're backing him at plus 1,500, Nigel? Well, he's been rested, hasn't he? He hasn't played much football, so he's going to get, he's going to come in here absolutely rested. Um, I, I like Portugal as well, 15. And, um, you know, for all the same reasons that Daniele says. I mean... The pressure on Ronaldo for years to be the main man bringing Portugal. I mean, some nations have hinged so much on those players. And now he's got a team. The best. This is the best crop of players that Portugal have got. And you only can see how Portuguese football is, is going, what their performance have done in the Champions League. I mean, Sporting Lisbon were so unlucky. Unlucky, yeah. And uh, the Benfica other two have been brilliant. Porto have been absolutely sensational. So I, I, I really, really think Portugal are the bet here. If you look at this betting here, and I'm, and I'm an Englishman, and I've got to remember, I'm a patriotic Englishman. I love England. Not that patriotic, ever. No, but I, I, I love England, but I love money more. So let me tell you one thing, right? So England are plus 950, Portugal are plus 15 dollars. If the two of them met in a one-off game and you gave me the, the difference in price Pick on Portugal them, yeah. on a draw-no-bet market to qualify and I could get plus 125 Portugal on that starting 11, I'll tell you who I would want to be. So it's all about value. At the end of the day, this is all about value. So Portugal for me, I love it. And uh, another plus for Portugal on the, on the uh, 
when we were out, John Wright, who does our, our yeah. cricket, who's a very, very good Oscar compiler also across all sports. He's very keen on Portugal as well. So uh, a lot of shrewdies are on Portugal. And the man on form on the Bet Rivers Network, uh, Daniele's on him as well, so that's good for me. Yeah, and Steve's been in good form Liga as well. And we're going to wrap up with um, one final selection. We talk about big price. Um, this is uh, Serbia. Uh, Steve, you are... And, ju- and just on that drunken lunch that we had a few months ago... I didn't mention drunken. <laughs> <laughs> you were massive on Serbia that day, and, you, and they're not on your side. I was, I was, but the thing is, I, I saw Steve's pick come through, and I think I was copying him, so I left it off. I left it off. Uh, Serbia for you, Steve. Yeah, big price. Big price, Dan. And, um, you know, this really would be the big fish, wouldn't it, if it came in? I, I like a team from this section of the draw as well. What, what the, these guys didn't quite mention is uh, Serbia and Portugal may well be on course to meet each other in the last 16 if Portugal win the group. And, and Serbia, they were in the same qualifying group, weren't they? And yeah, Portugal um, obviously lost to Serbia in the, in the qualifying. It was, it's uh, Serbia who got here by right and, and forced Portugal through the more difficult phase. Whether that means anything, yeah, it probably does. You know, mentally it can affect the players. Now, I think if they, those two teams were to meet, it would be quite a close game and it could go either way. And I'm happy to be backing the plus 7,000 dog outright because I think there's a good chance of, of, of long-term progression. What's the light about Serbia is they've got a lot of goals in them. They've got some quality attacking players. Vlavic, Mitrovic, Dusan Tadic. I know he's getting on a bit now, but he's an inspirational captain. In midfield, um, Milinkovic Savic, who's been having a fairly good season. I think Danielli hasn't he in, in Syria? Has yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been excellent. You know. Yeah, and you know, probably defensively is is the issue you might look at and think, mm, I'm not sure about that. But uh, I tell you, the ex Monaco player Pavlovic has been playing very well for Salzburg uh, this season. So I think he's heading into the tournament in some good form. The group itself is difficult with Brazil in it, and you would have to probably think that Switzerland or, or Serbia are sort of head-to-head for the second spot. But I just think Serbia have got a better attack force than, than Switzerland. So I think they get out of the group. And then, you know, you're into that section, Portugal versus Serbia. But if that was a matchup, the winner of that game could well get a good run to the semi-final. So a bit of value here. Each way pick, actually, this one for me. Um, at half of the odds, if they got to the final, um, then you are getting uh, actually better odds than, I think, in the top two markets. So uh, go each way. Go each way. It would be massive because I don't think ever in the history of the World Cup, a team that is in pot three in the draw won the World Cup, probably let alone went to the final. We leave it to the statisticians here. Look, we're looking at the favourites. I'd like to mention two other things, and maybe the surprise packages, maybe you want to look at a quarterfinals or a semi-finals. The best African team for me is Morocco. They got 20 players who play in the European leagues. They qualified in style. They got probably the best set of fullbacks of the entire World Cup. Merzui from Bayern Munich yeah. and Hakimi. And then obviously Ziyech coming back to Morocco. This is a so me, He didn't play in the African Combination. He didn't come in the Combination. No, they changed the manager, so he is back in, in terms of it could be a good shout, maybe last eight. I think the prizes for Morocco are very, very good. And then there are the always always the Croatia. Croatia, you know, great midfields. Brozovic, Modric, Kovacic. They do lack a goal scorer there, but he's a team that, you know. When they got the ball, it's very difficult to get it away from them. Uh, let's just wrap up the picks then uh, from our uh, tipsters, Nigel. Argentina and Portugal at plus 550 and plus 1500. Steve likes Argentina plus 550. Serbia plus 7,000. Daniele, Portugal uh, plus 1500. Watch out for Morocco, Croatia, maybe stage of elimination markets on the Bet Rivers website. And Taylor, who unfortunately couldn't join, it's probably a good job because we would have had another sort of 20 minutes on Spain, Denmark, <laughs> and Switzerland. No one else has gone for those teams. Spain plus 900. 
Uh, Denmark plus 3,300 and Switzerland, as you can see, massive price there, uh, price there plus uh, 10,000. Um, uh, fellas, many thanks for your company, uh, Steve, Nigel and Daniele, picking the bones out of the outright market for us on the Bet Rivers website. Obviously, as the goals go in, uh, the uh, points are racked up, the prices will change, all of the markets uh, will be turned in play and they'll be updated after every single game. So stay close to the Bet Rivers website for the latest market moves and stay close to all of our content via our Twitter handle at Because We Win. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Extra Time on the Bet Rivers Network.